three, two. Ooh, welcome everybody to Bloodshot Valorant episode. That's 146 for all you people in who, can, who are listening to the audio recording of this on like a podcast <laughs> uh, format system. Uh, uh, it's the episode, it's the plot chat podcast. We're going to talk about Valorant. Everybody, everybody always theorizes, they theory craft, like I am on some sort of substance um, every time we record one of these. I'm not, really? I'm just, I'm unmedicated. Um, oh, this I'm is what happens without and the it's late at night. That's literally Your it. Your brain the combo. is the substance. Yeah, my brain is the substance. You're just getting me raw, unfiltered. I'm like, just like, have you ever had raw cane, like, like cane sugar? Brent, uh, if I could straight... get you raw at some point, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> that is out of pocket, uh, dude. I mean, what guys? What what have we been up to? Josh has been making messes in his pots and pans. Late at night, in yeah. exploding soup all over. Yeah, because the place. you've got me on the you've got me on the stupidest sleep schedule of all time. I've been going to bed at five a.m. every day and waking mm -hmm. up. And I literally today woke up, went out to get the cat some food, and sat down recording plat chat. And then I'm going to stream later until five a.m. <laughs> I've ruined the entire Pokemon run that we were doing anyway last <laughs> night. I've killed it all as well. I'm not eating properly, and look what happens when I do what? try to cook. I, yeah. I I was playing Pokemon and I just doing? left my soup on the hob. So I Have I would never normally... heard of an alarm or a timer. Well, I don't want to make noise because Beth's asleep upstairs. Oh. It's like three a.m. Cook my soup. What yeah. it is? Google five minute timer. Boom. Who are you, Activision Blizzard? Yeah, I know I've got a phone. We've all got phones, okay? <laughs> that doesn't mean that I want to necessarily use it. God, that is. Um, yeah, no, Did but, but also I offered to swap the sleeping schedule around. Yeah, I know, but no, that's fine. I'd rather stay up late. <laughs> okay, well, also, very important news. Sage Mommy, Jet Daddy uh, have broken up. Um, which, if you remember correctly, I predicted that on Josh's stream. I'm not predicted, ago. you lied about it. I lied about it, I heard misinformation, I spread misinformation, and now it's, it's, it's actually happened. We're a Valorant podcast, we need to talk about it. Yeah, gotta talk about it. Can you, can you pull up the tweet? Okay. Well. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, you are going to pull it up. You don't have to. You don't have to pull this up. I don't really. Has, me has Mimi's mic tanked? By the way. Yes. <laughs> Incredible. I, thought, I literally thought, to talk like, about asked her this. to talk about it, and she just started going like this. <laughs> <laughs> we were just doing an elaborate bit where we all pretend to talk. <laughs> uh. Oh, this is great. This For all our audio listeners, this one is a banger. It's a certified <laughs> banger this time. Guys, I'm going to freak out. Getting... This oh, was the back. one topic that I wanted to talk about, and my microphone cuts out. Go off. That's all right. You can go off. <clears throat> I was saying, in the somber moments like these is where I remember why this podcast has the ability to flex between talking about the most serious of topics and the most whimsical. And we just wanted to give our heartfelt best out to those people involved um in what happened today in particular sage mommy 69 jet daddy 69 they still share each other's wedded names it would appear at least on twitter but i know that they want what's best for them individually for them it's people for that reason i just hope them the best 
That's very. That came straight from that's the heart. Sweet. Did you have that's to give the Kubrick stare the entire time? <laughs> yeah, you, you made <laughs> yes. that more creepy than anything. To be honest with you, I also I hope this was an amicable split. Otherwise, yeah, this, this is, is just horrible. If not, but I don't know. I mean, it's dude, it's that show business. Anything for clout, you know what I mean? Anything for clout in this industry. Anybody yeah. got it? Follow me on uh, Twitter, everybody. Let's go on to a topic that's not related to the one we just talked about. It's Richard Lewis, um, who reported, actually, a bit of a follow-up on the topic that we were talking about. I want to talk about Valorant. We're going to get through a lot for this episode. Um, we, you know, we were, we were talking about EG having to take pay cuts um, as part of this. We didn't know the numbers, but Richard Lewis reported on this. Apparently, what was it? Uh, 50%? Uh, yeah. As far as pay cuts go, 50%? 50%? Oh, my Lord. 50%? Oh, my Lord. And not just that. It's not just the 50%. It's that the um, the play, like the, the organization has told the players that they can seek other places, but they, the, the org is still in charge of whether or not they accept those moves. So in theory, they have the ability to just tell them like, oh, yeah, like, let's say, you know, Bustio wants to go to 100 Thieves. Lucio could make it as difficult as possible to go to 100 Thieves. Uh, sorry. EG could make it as difficult as possible for Bustio to go over there just so that Bustio runs out of options and has to eventually re-sign to EG for half pay. So hopefully they're not being horrendously scummy like that because there is a difference between just saying, like, hey, we can't afford this. We have to, you know, we, we can't continue the contracts as they are. Like, sorry, guys, but, you know, it's looking like it's going to be half pay. Like, that is... That's bad planning for the future, I suppose. But at the same time, everyone else is scaling down. But there is, in my opinion, a big ethical difference between that and then you, trapping them in contract jail and kind of forcing them as their last choice to re-sign with EG. So hopefully it doesn't get to that point because that, to me, is absolutely crossing the line of, like, abusing power. Yeah, I mean, it could be, yeah, considered contract abuse in some situations in my mind. It's just using the time pressure and everybody in America is like, trying to rush to make rosters. Thankfully, there's a few teams that are not you know, confirming their rosters quite yet and aren't, like, 100% settled. But sounds like <laughs> Sentinels is done. Was that me? That, that was you. <laughs> I didn't realize that that, uh, that was embedded. But, I mean, Richard Lewis also confirming in this from uh, his sources separate to what we had talked about that the reason that they did split with Ye at the beginning of the season was due to financial reasons. So, role issues be damned. Who, yeah, who could have seen it? I mean, who would have known? people believe in that actually ticked me off so much about the just well okay but uh, there's still i mean it's i was a hard firm believer in the you know financial issues role issues are completely bullshit whatever I had a five-minute timer on, and it, no just went off. No. it just went off. You hit that oh, you cooking soup. <laughs> you hit that. That is crazy. That's impeccable. That is crazy. Anyways, uh, MC went on the Wyatt show and said that there was, like, there genuinely was role issues, and they were looking to find ways to solve them. Not necessarily, like, confirming that, you know, we changed because role issues, but saying that was a factor in all of that. So it's well, not... It's a it's a convenient excuse that you can use afterwards because it did at one point exist. So you can just make it, you know, you can tell everybody it was because of that, but that it doesn't stop it being a lie. If you've cut the guy because of financial issues, it doesn't stop it being a lie that you say it was because of role issues. Oh yeah. Even no, though there, there were some small no, I, ones. I agree with that. Anyways, this EG shit, they are literally trapping these guys to like pressure them into signing these contracts because there's not that many slots and there's not that much time. And all these teams rush 
to make decisions on the very first day that contracts are available to be signed on September 11th last week. And yeah, it's just really, really bad. And on top of that too, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, they still have all of the the players that they said they dropped other than Icy and Reformed. They still have BCJ and everybody on the contracts. And uh, I tweeted about it and somebody from EG like reached out to me and said that it's not necessarily because of what I think, which I think it's uh, a little malicious. But when they released that video, it said that all the reserve roster is free to go. That wasn't like completely true. They're still under contract compared to other teams who are dropping players when they say that. It's so so why strange. have they kept them under contract then? Because they, they did say they were going to keep Screwface under contract. They already said that. Mm-hmm. So if they dropped Reform and Icy, that means that it's BCJ and... Um, Apoth. Apoth, right? That are still kept under contract. So why have they done that? I uh, mean, I feel like the only incentive is to try and milk some, some last money out of them if they can. I, I feel like... they kinda... said there was the no money. They said but that they were they, free without a buyout. What they say is what they say. It doesn't necessarily mean that's exactly what they're going to do. Or it's just the way they're doing the contract and no one has given an offer for those players yet and they're still planning to we can't really know till they commit to doing something like that yeah i don't think the well, players still being on the books necessarily means that either of those are true yeah. yet I, I i've gotten two conflicting stories from both sides either way but somebody from eg told me that it was because of what the contracts uh actually say so that's still up in the air to me as potentially malicious or not i don't really know i'm not going to dig into it anymore but i think it's weird compared to every other team in the market just dropping players yeah yeah it's interesting there's so much unknowns in all of these contracts though as well like maybe there was some severance pay negotiated so they want to keep them under contract because they're like reserve like their reserve roster pay is less than they'd have to actually pay in severance if they just wait it out or something that there could be some bizarre financial reasons behind it i wish these contracts had a little more public information yeah i mean there's like none we have no idea what's going on behind the scenes but i think it is also interesting to look at like the very last paragraph of richard's article where he's talking about kind of putting in context of everything else that's going on with this eg organization because it really does seem like eg is just like they are they are a gloucester cheese roll tumbling down the hill <laughs> that cannot be stopped like don't play the video code don't, don't play, play the video. Don't play they're it. not like <laughs> they'll take us down but they're under investigation by Riot Games for, for allegations of player neglect in, in League of Legends relating to what they did to one of their star players there. They've had like so many like exposés and things come out like this one. They're, they're getting sued by players. A lot of their programs are cutting back. They're doing this stuff with the Valorant roster after getting for like the first time ever in Valorant a really strong roster that does it and wins champions. And then they're just doing the best of their ability to fuck them over it really i think to me brings up some questions about the partnership system if eg keeps tumbling if this is an organization that may at some point not be solvent because it seems like their financial situation is in a really bad place with everything that's going on with them and maybe they can pull through but what does that mean for the future of their team or their slot in the partnership league i'm not sure how that's like written out with if if an organization does crumble what happens to the slot? What happens to the players? If an organization is like consistently doing malicious stuff, like trying to trap players in weird contract jail, is there ever a way where EG could get the boot or something if, if things like this continue to happen? Or are they just kind of trapped in there with this with their position no, the and trying to find uh, players? To, to me, very clear on this. They can and will boot orgs that are not uh, either complying with some of the stuff that they are supposed to in terms of like incentives and content and 
all that stuff, but also people who are malicious actors, like what you're suggesting, they can 100% get kicked out of a partnership. Mm. That is purely in Riot's hands. Yeah. Gotcha. And not well, so that's... though we don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily the case thus far. Again, we we don't have full clarity on that, but if what this article is alleging around maybe what could be some of the motives, I feel like that would be pretty worrying for the future of, of EG and the organization and for what that would mean for the scene. I do want to shoot a tiny bit of bail over towards EG, though, too, because there's um, a really important like half a sentence in the first paragraph um, from this report uh, where it says that, the proposed pay cut is going to be offset by um, an increase in the percentage of in-game cosmetic sales. So depending on what the size of that percentage increase is, that might still end up being a pretty decent deal. The problem for the players, I would imagine, is that you just have no idea what that's going to be. You know, there are going to be team skins. We've already seen that confirmed from like Leo's tweeting and stuff. And do you have any idea as a player what that is going to look like? No, because it's never been in the game before. It's not necessarily going to be similar to the champion skins it might be based on your teams like fandom you don't know whether eg have really that level of engagement with their fans even though they're winning at the moment that doesn't mean that people want to go and buy eg team skins rather than you know sen or 100 thieves or what, what you know the bigger organizations that have that more engagement so that's a real gamble for a player to take that may end up paying off and may end up being a fantastic move for you to put that in your contract or it might end up with you just having like very small amounts of compensation for a 50% pay cut in a year that you won champions. So it it's not as clear, though, as just, you know, we're getting these players for half price. They have tried to offset it with some kind of, like, you know, percentage of digital goods sales. Yeah. I still don't like it, though. Yeah, I mean, and personally. that's assuming that it's even subst substantial in the first place. Like, yeah, we we don't know anything. I, I agree, though. That is at least something that they're like, hey, we're not just completely fucking you, like, have some yeah. of this. Uh, but you, you... <laughs> I mean, the way that you phrase that is like they're squirting cream in their mouth while they're fucking up. It's like, <laughs> like, like, I, yeah, like, oh. hey, listen, have a bit of this. You'll be fine. <laughs> God almighty. Yeah. Oh, five after hours today, dude. Yeah, yeah I mean, you started it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, from one serious topic to another here, uh, let's move on and talk about the, the biggest, I guess, quote unquote, news that's come out, which is Sean and Slasher's podcast, where Slasher was, you know, making claims that several women have been denied tier one opportunities because of their, because of their gender, um, on the podcast and later trying to clarify things onto Twitter as well. Um, this entire situation and how this information came to light, uh, I don't really like it all, to be honest, because anyone who's in the insider bubble whatever you hear information like this podcast many many times and you apply a bit of common sense in terms of protecting the people you're talking about with information whether or not like that's you labeling them by their names and saying it out loud because you know in some way or form it's gonna have repercussions slasher should know better than this he he basically just like name dropped mel when she had he didn't ask you know for a consent in terms of giving away the information you can pull up mel's tweet as well surrounding this because mel put up just a fantastic response to to all of this as, as best as you you really can in this in this situation here and um it sparked up again the conversation about um sexism in in the tier one scene as well across the board it also sparked up a lot of witch hunts to a lot of tier one players on top of it which she was trying to um again settle to a degree with with this post and there's a lot to go through here but um the the gist of it being 
partly, I, I really do as well recommend that you go through and read this as well. I'm not going to be reading it verbatim through the podcast, but you should really go through and read it yourselves. Um, but it's just that, you know, she didn't want the information out there because she, she thought it would affect her, her future in terms of her trialing for tier one teams in that code environment and for, for her future as, as a player as well. Um, yeah, I, it's... I mean, it, first of all, though, that's sad, isn't it? Like, that, yeah, that fills me is. with incredible sadness that Mel didn't feel comfortable calling out a team that was horrendous in terms of how it's made that decision. Because both the team and the player, whoever, you know, the player or multiple players were on the, uh, on the roster that she was going to be um, uh, trialing for, she says, to, get, to give some context for people who haven't read the tweet, Mel said in her tweet, there was at least one situation where I was being considered, but it was soon communicated back to me from a tier one team that a player was not comfortable playing with a woman. And that's obviously horrendous from a player's perspective. If, you, if you're ever in that kind of situation, you've got to reflect on why you feel like that and fix it yourself. That is not something where the world owes you anything of like protecting you where you, you know, I, I can't play with women because X reason, whatever it might be. That's a flaw within yourself. That's either sexism, insecurity, an inability to get along with people that you might consider being, you know, different to yourself or whatever. It's just tragic. And also the fact that the team would double down on that and like take that as reasonable feedback yeah, instead of going it. to their, yeah, instead of going to their player and being like, you know, Shocking. that's not acceptable in any way, actually. And you really need to address wherever that's coming from. So, but, but the, the part that I was bringing up off what you said, Bren, is it's really sad to me that Mel felt like that. If she brought that up, if she brought that to light and tried to, um, you know, shine some light on the fact that that is something that's happened to her, that she felt like it might have repercussions for her career. That to me yeah. is extremely yeah. sad. I think though, there, there's kind of like two issues at hand here to discuss. I, I think the first one is what you're initially bringing up, Josh, which is directly what Slasher was talking about in his, uh, in, in the discussion on that podcast around the fact that there, there was a situation where, uh, where players or specifically Mel in this case had a trial were denied to those reasons. And I think that's that's kind of one half of like the battle to get a, a GC, a, a female player, to play in tier one teams. Obviously, sexism that's it just exists in esports, and that's really dog shit. Um, but then there's the other side as well, which is around kind of the the fallout and the reaction to all of this, because that I think to me is the thing that, and, and I don't know, maybe this is just like that my mind is kind of used to being like, oh yeah, sexism exists in esports. This isn't a surprise. Oh, you're gone. Oh, your mic's gone you're again. Gone. Your mic's gone. We cut off the woman from Hello? talking. Oh wait, oh her God, entire Josh. audio setups. Gone. God almighty. Yeah. <laughs> just, just rejoin. Bed. You fixed it before me. Rejoin and finish your point. <laughs> <laughs> you were spitting. You were you spitting. Were spitting. Hey guys. <laughs> Hello? Am I back? Hello. Welcome back. Uh, yeah. Okay. We can you. I'm not going to touch my microphone for any reason. <laughs> the second point is around the fact that this was all put out with clearly without talking to Mel or seeking her permission or anything. Yeah. I, I think the one thing about Mel from, from knowing her as a person, from following her career since like the beginning with Magical, is it like so much of her ethos is around she wants to make the best team she can, play on the best team she can, and be in tier one and be there. And I think she's the GC player for at least what I know of with trials and stuff, who has been the closest, who has been an organization denying a contract away from playing in a mixed team in tier one or tier two and a co-ed team that is. And that's come up for 
multiple reasons. She also cites this in her post where she's talking about like, like last year, Cloud9 was saying things like, you're too important to our partnership application to let you go and play another tier one opportunity. I think that's there's a side of this, which is, first of all, that's fucking crazy to be saying that because at least inherently the idea of Game Changers is to create a space where eventually women players and marginalized gender players can kind of have it as a funnel to get into tier one and, and yeah. play at that higher level. When Imagine we... Cloud9 plugging the funnel. Imagine yeah. Cloud9 I mean, it's literally artificially... sticking your finger in the bottom of the funnel <laughs> yeah. and stopping your team, which was at that time the best team in North America and one of the best in the world from allowing their players to pursue other opportunities, which first of all, that's crazy. But then there's also the point around all of this that because of that, that that ethos of Mel of like head to the grindstone, do the best I can, create the best team I can, not in game changers, but anywhere. And she's applied that to everything she's done. She's done so much ag advocacy for other teams, other players to follow that same element. And I think has been such a leader in the space for that reason to then have this put out without her consent, without her knowing, without really any reason for something that we don't even know when it occurred. And then suddenly she's kind of just dragged into this as the person who is no longer less so a person, but kind of just like the figurehead of women want to play in tier one. And then everyone's reaction is going to be like, oh, of course they're going to say it's sexism or whatever, or whatever the yeah. reaction is. It's just being pulled into controversy when really that is something that happened and is yeah. something that is horrible. But she didn't want it talked about for a reason, because yeah. first of all, the whole thing is that it's really hard to break through that barrier, to break through that sexism, to make it into a tier one team. And part of the reason of that is like people, people don't want an other exactly what that player was saying about. We don't I don't I don't feel like I could gel on a woman on a team. I think then if, if you're the person who is involved in like a controversy of like exposing this stuff, that's going to give even more reason for tier one teams or for players who maybe, even if they don't publicly say it, but harbor a similar idea, wouldn't want to play with someone. And that's also, I think, inherently kind of fucked up and just kind of the, the case of what things are like in esports uh, sometimes. But to me, I feel like the, the biggest issue is really that she just had no say in this whatsoever and just newsman leaker man is like we're gonna put this out here and then it gets all dragged into this giant this giant thing that i think if anything besides her um, fantastic response honestly considering the scenario yeah. is just another kind of blockade to trying to to get into those higher levels yeah i mean the repercussions she's talking about a lot of people are confused about like oh, what, what what could that mean and stuff like that and you you laid it out pretty pretty clear but i think very obviously and this is annoying from slash's pov because it's very clear what's going to happen if somebody puts this out right people are going to immediately be like of course they're blaming gender of course they're blaming you know whatever it might be in most situations they're like, uh, somebody complains about racism they're like oh, of course bro like that's what you always do it's the same thing that happens every time and you know it's going to happen and that's why people are hesitant to try or to to poke the in this case the incel nest which is all over the place right now it's yeah. fucking crazy the yeah. amount of people who are, are discrediting her because or because they see her losing to some tier two teams and whatever of course it's going to be like this why would they why would she even put this out there it's like it's not number one it's not her putting it out there it's it's somebody else without her permission and number two because of this like well this is such a mess man of course mel has the, the ability to get up there in terms of uh, of skill of uh, all her accomplishments it's very clear 
um, the level that she shows in every single tournament that she plays in, what she says about her and her teammates, what her teammates say about her in terms of them scrimming other teams or whatever. Like, I think the gap is much, much smaller than people think. And people artificially blow it up because it's a woman. And that is so frustrating. And that is what she tries to avoid her hardest is to uh, give people the ability to to make that gap stronger in their perception when the reality doesn't match that. Yeah, whatever about tier two guys. It's 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 such a ridiculous thing to try to compare when these are people these these women are trying to break through in tier two against everything. Every time they go up against a, a tier two team, tier tier one team, whatever. That's in their minds. It's really difficult to break through. And that's why mixed rosters is something that we want to strive to go for. And that's why Mel is trying to get these tryouts, all that stuff. But, yeah, the community reaction is just really bad, in my opinion. Thankfully, the the repercussions on the pro side where, you know, it gets around that people are, are cool with not playing with a woman, so other people do that, whatever. Or they also say that she complains or something like that. Thankfully, in my mind, all the pros that have reacted is – very positive and she talked yeah. about how this community has supported her yeah yeah through and through and uh you see so many pros posting be like oh what what the hell is this this is crazy out them whatever that's really nice to see and um, i think the other thing as well is that yeah like mel is the player that i think has like the most like unilateral respect like she she plays rank she scrims against she's scrimmed with teams all at the top level of the game in in north america and stuff so she already has that kind of respect behind her that I don't think this will act as more of a barrier than it should be, um, which is a good thing. And I I think the the biggest thing to remember is just that, like, yeah, that gap is not huge. It's not massive. Again, there's a lot of other factors working against besides just, like, oh, they're going to say it's because of sexism, but it's really because of skill. No, it's inherently right now. Mel has talked about this when she came on this podcast that – there's kind of a disincentive for GC players to make it through the end of that funnel because right now, like, look at the situation in the tier two scene. It like dies during every off season because of issues in that way compared to game changers where you can get like a stable, good salary and good job. Like there, it's really hard to get one of those opportunities in a tier two team that can have the same stability, the same opportunity that you would get on a GC team. That's one kind of motivator to, to keep people from moving. On top of that, it's the partnership system, the limited number of slots, the limited number of players who can get opportunities, and in Tier 2 as well, the limited amount of players and teams who can make it in there. It's a very different kind of environment than we had back during the like open qualifier era where it could just be like, you're going to get a team together, you can try out just for this one thing and do that. The system is really locked off right now. It is such a kind of massive leap and risk to take that there are a lot of other kind of barriers and and almost demotivators that would stop someone from being able to pursue those opportunities and also on the org side like what happened with cloud nine people wanting to keep players like mel because she is so valuable to any organization yeah yeah you guys are spitting i yeah i want to see uh at least some recognition apology from from slash on this as well because his his yeah. overall response to it i just didn't think was was too acceptable it was um, it was very much trying to take the moral high ground in the situation of him raising awareness of this as a problem, as opposed to, you know, kind of I mean, accepting. The, the other he... thing too is it's really simple just to tweet out and be like, "My bad, I misspoke. I just got carried away and exaggerated the situation." Is how it actually was. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know what uh, I mean? That's like, that's... A, like, sure, he, he said this without Mel's permission or whatever. That's one thing. And then he blew it way out of proportion, saying every single time this she had an opportunity for tier one, she got yeah. denied. The sensationalizing. It's, it's like, like the other yeah. issue. But, but also, again, you, you can just really easily diffuse that by communicating things really simply and saying, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> but, Which it but, hasn't been. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, anyway. That's, uh, Mel that's the... is a professional, and she deals with that kind of stuff really well. Yeah, I was I was so damn impressed, honestly, with her response to the entire thing. Um, just, uh, I mean, again, can't really put myself in, in those shoes of her situation, but the way she was describing it, waking up one morning, it's like the worst case scenario for her, and she writes out an incredibly eloquent response to the entirety of it. Really do recommend you all to to take a look and read through it as well, because, uh, yeah, um, it's 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 coming from from her words as well and her perspective. Um, let's talk about something else. Let's let's talk about some other news going on here. Um, and the final point I'll say on this as well: clout chasing is a disease, not just in esports <laughs> in humankind. We need to we need to stomp it out. Listen, I'm telling you, fucking hide the the following numbers, hide the likes, hide the retweets, hide hide all numbers. We're all our little crow brains. They they see the numbers going. I'm going like. It's like ticket, like a shiny little object, and stealing it for our little crow brains. And we just want to, we want the number to go ticking higher, ticking higher, ticking higher. And then it leads to people who are just like saying the most outlandish shit. All this blue check mark, fucking idiots. Listen, no offense if you're subscribing to Twitter Blue, but all I'm saying is you're a bit of a sheep. You're a bit of a sheep if you're doing it. I think that if you if you're paying money for the for the for the, for the engagement, it's just off that. We've like, lost listen. Rent. We've huh? lost him. He's, we've lost you. You've just gone down. You've gone down the rabbit hole. I just, I just see it, and I, I'm like, okay, I kind of get it if you work in the kind of like industry for it. But if I'm, dude, dude the amount of fucking tweets that I get on my timeline, it's like some one thousand follower Andy who's got some aim labs routine in his bio, and he's going <laughs> off about some dumb shit, and I'm just like, you've paid to be in front of me right now. That is so fucking sad. That is so pathetic. Anyway, moving on. Let's talk about should Sadak <laughs> stay on loud? Um, report practically confirming that he will stay on loud. We'll be joined by Havoc from, from the Union. I haven't really been looking into this too much here, but I think Sadak as a player, I think of him as such a central core uh, person for this team overall as well, just in terms of the veteran leadership presence. It feels like we're in a bit of a, a, a gulf when it comes to people who can potentially take on that IGL role. I know that Les was taking on some of the, the brunt of that as well when they've been playing in the team most recently. But um, yeah, I think that if you're going to be building any sort of team for the foreseeable future, having Sadak in is is a one hell of a leg up still. Yeah, it, it's kind of strange. Sadak is one of the players actually that is the most transparent about what's going on usually. Like he he doesn't really bullshit around too much. He likes to get on stream and talk about things properly like he did when uh, the conversations, the, there was like a, a leak on Chet's stream about him talking to the NRG um, staff. And he, you know, went on stream and talked about it and made sure that the fans understood that he wasn't, you know, trying to hide stuff from them. And he, he has said that basically his contract with Loud is no longer valid. He's still looking for new proposals, but he's also working on a potential renewal. Um, so he doesn't really say in that tweet which one is more likely, but the uh, Brazilian, you know, behind the scenes reporting and rumors are that he is more likely to stay on Loud. I think it would be an absolute disaster if he left the Brazilian scene. I think... While it could be cool to see Les take over from an IGL perspective, and maybe that would be excellent to see him really step up, um, the Brazilian scene in general just lacks leadership, and Sadak has been such an incredible pillar of that for years. I mean, since the very beginning of the scene. So I think they need him, and I think Loud should yeah. do everything they can to try and keep him. 
That's also, if though. you're like taking risks on new players, if you're going a little more budget, need to pick up new players. Like I, I feel like there's no one else you trust to the same extent to be able to level people up to tier one and find success with. Like it, it really is a no-brainer for Loud to really heavily pursue. So I, I hope that that's true, honestly, for the sake of Loud, and that uh, they do get him into next season. I think it is interesting though, the the difference um, from you know what the fans want here, which is throw the bag at Sadak, make sure he stays with Loud, do everything in your power to keep him because it's so important to the future, and what the CEOs are saying on the other side, right, of Loud, the the owners, whatever partners, they're like, yeah, we Loud. The important thing is that we stay sustainable, that we never you know overspend, that we're constantly just surviving and doing what we can with that, and still creating a good environment, but like. At and that's the where they're wrong. You're in the America's <laughs> League now, baby. It's Los Angeles. You get some venture capitalist money. Get yourself a lighter and fucking roll on down that road. It's the only way to sustain yourself in esports. Loud are a really interesting organization. <laughs> yeah, true. Loud are a really interesting org. They, I think they operate like almost... They don't, they're not a full agency, but they operate kind of like a quasi-agency as well. They have uh, skateboarders. They have, like, musical talent signed to the lab, uh, signed to Loud as well, um, along with a bunch of esports players as well. They have verticals in all sorts of different ways. Like, their revenue distribution is extremely diverse compared to a lot of different orgs because they're working in terms of, like, building up infrastructure in Brazil, which there's a lot of money to be made there if you can because it's not as developed as other countries. So you can kind of, you know, take the best practices from other places, apply them to your uh, hometown, basically, and make a lot of money doing that and still providing a lot of value. So, yeah, yeah, they, they're an org that is not focused on burning the cash. Right. The perception is that they're huge. They're the biggest org and, you know, one of the biggest orgs in the world. They one of the most talked about orgs throughout everything, throughout mobile games, throughout whatever. Yeah. They're just constantly talked about. But that isn't that doesn't mean that they're going to burn cash like you said and i think it's very clear that especially given you know last year what happened with saucy and pancada leaving this year what sadak is trying to do which is leveraging his position to get hopefully a little bit more clearly or use it to go somewhere else in this time but like loud is somebody who's trying to keep keep the purse strings tight like as as always they've always looked for new talent rather than going for like an mw's era or something like that where everybody was talking about last year when they lost saucy like they they go for the up and comers, the ones who don't cost as much, and this eventually, in my mind, won't work down the line. Right now, it's perfect because everybody's cutting their purse strings, but down the line, it's something that but, eventually they're going to lose somebody like Sadak because he is yeah, so yeah, valuable. Yeah. As long as they don't keep like cutting in the wrong places with the the, the structure of your team from a top down perspective, because loud when you think about all the teams that are in the Americas or just in in VCT in general. Uh, a lot of them cut in, cut in places when it comes to like the coaching staff and analysts and like the actual support, the 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 structure, the skeleton that's going to be developing your team. But as far as I'm aware, Loud kept a pretty good core throughout their entire existence. Right? They had they had um, like the head coach, they had the assistant coach as well. I mean, every single event, I just imagine they just traveled with a posse. I mean, they were all in deep yeah, almost every changed, single time. Right? It's changed. Bazooka was almost by himself way back when, and then yeah. They signed STK and then Fraud came in as well to assist during during champions and then BZK left. So like it's changed. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but they, they've still kept a fleshed out team, is what I'm saying. Yes. In, in terms of in terms of the support staff, which I think is more I'm not gonna say more important than Sadak, but I think it's really uh, underrated because 
we've seen all the struggles that a lot of these teams have been going through at least when they when that happens in the mid-season which is understandable the rug gets pulled so yeah i mean we'll have um, to see because yeah. right now they still have a, a major task losing aspas is already like too much in some people's eyes right yeah. sure they've done gold with other players but aspas was one of the biggest prospects forever in brazil right and but the the replacement though it seems like another really big prospect i mean people have been excited about havoc coming in and replacing i mean havoc i i was really confused why havoc wasn't playing in ascension but the rumors at the time were that he had dropped out of playing for the union because he was trying to join loud after ascension and didn't i guess for some reason didn't want to participate in ascension because that would have I, I don't know, but that that was there were some floating rumors around at the time that one of the reasons that Havoc wasn't playing was because he was lined up to replace Aspas like right now, um, and he, from what I saw, seemed like a pretty talented player. Seemed like the kind of person that you know people like Zadak and the overall coaching staff and Les would develop into being really talented individual. Um, so I don't think that they're gonna be losing out too badly unless the core crumbles as well as Aspas leaving. Yeah, that's the big thing, I think, because I, I had the same reservations at the beginning of the year. We're talking about Kavazin two years coming in, but um, yeah, if, if, the, if the solid core, that, that central three or whatever, just falls to pieces, then it, it's a way, way rougher climb for them um, to, to make their way back up. So uh, Let's talk about Sentinel! Woo! I love Sentinels. They got that red logo and they got the hoodie and they I'm I'm an owner in the company as well. I bought all stocks <laughs> in it. I didn't that's a lie. I I just told a lie. But let's talk about Sentinels. Zelsis returns to Sentinels as a backup. I actually think, you know, this news was kind of surprising when it did drop, but um kind of smart if if I do say so myself. Even though Zelsis, I feel like is capable as a player, he already proved himself in terms of being one of those players that can uh, you know, be that veteran presence in the team that's that, that emotional leader that's necessary. But he's he's playing as like as a backup player. He still said he wants to play himself as well. <laughs> he turned down offers um, from three regions, um, apparently, um, which he I believe he said what they were contending rosters and some quote unquote bag teams. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting to me when I first saw this. But the more I think about it, the more I think it actually makes uh, quite a bit of sense. Because you're probably still getting paid at least a reasonable amount, I'd, I'd assume so. But I, I do remember when he first joined Sentinels, his numbers in terms of content creation shot up. Like, joining Sentinels is a straight-up clout injection. I know I just advocated for the, the, the dismantling of social media as a whole, <laughs> but if, if we've got to live with it for now, might as well talk about the benefits. And, and, and that's a big one, honestly, is, is the fact that you just get that huge influx of Sentinels fans coming straight at you. And we're heading into all, almost this, this part of esports now. The VC money's, hey, listen, it's, it's drying up. It's not going to be there as much anymore as well. It's pretty important, and it would be smart to do so, to just try and build those alternate revenue streams if you're a pro player. Streaming, content creation, things like that. Just making sure that you have things... In the background that you can leverage either in negotiations or just use as a backup it's very very smart to start doing that now yep and honestly this seems like a good move for sentinels too they a lot of teams are like i think gonna be moving away now there's not that six player requirement from like actually having a real sub and it's just like oh we'll get someone a short-term contract and figure it out but having someone who can be a real legitimate sub for your roster who is a great tier one quality player that honestly like he said in his statements that a ton of teams were looking after for a reason. 
having him as a sub, as a backup, and then also just being able to keep someone who I think is pretty valuable as a content creator on your organization, it makes a lot of sense for Sentinels. And I also think it makes a lot of sense for him. All these issues of stability we've talked about. He said he got offers from multiple different regions. You have to think about how much of a risk it is to, to move to a different region as a player from somewhere else, right? You're upending your life, you're, you're getting out an apartment, you're moving across an ocean probably, and then it's a big question of stability. You have no guarantee that your contract will last more than a season or even less than that at times if something goes wrong there. We've already seen players who have moved across seas, like yeah, I believe Aaron now no longer with GE having to come back. It, it's yeah, always yeah. That, that big risk that you take, and this seems like such a safe bet for him that allows him to build something that no one... This is going to sound like fucking American gun tote, and I'm going to put the gold under my chest, but this Elsa Svel, he's building something <laughs> no one can take away. When you've got your own personal Twitch stream, it's actually the Third Amendment that they can't take that from you. So, uh, yeehaw, motherfuckers, and uh, good choice. <laughs> I like it from his perspective. I'm worried a little bit that Sentinels are going to... Because they have more ingredients now to overcook. That's my concern, is that... Halfway through the season, they're going to bring him in. He's morphed number two. Right. That's my problem, actually, is that Sentinels have already shown to be a team that makes rash decisions. Uh, the last year was very rash. I mean, the the lack of leadership, I think, on the team last year was a massive problem. They they shouldn't have changed the roles around at the beginning, though that was something that a couple of teams were doing, and so maybe it's a pretty reasonable mistake to make. But then they gutted their entire leadership core of the, the head coach and the IGL that was with them, and it took a long time for them to be able to put that back together. They were changing the roles around as well a little bit, with moving tens more and more towards the KO on certain maps towards the end of the season. They, I mean, they were just swapping roles around all over the place the entire season anyway. When you have Zelsus on the bench, he's such a like, he's such a tempting little addition to your team. No, he's not tempting in that way. <laughs> he's not tempting in that way. But he's I mean, tempting in the sense of like, no, I think, I think, I think he's kind. Of, I mean, tempting like what, Josh? Tempting, tempting like, God mm -hmm. damn, <laughs> tempting like he's caked up on a Thursday afternoon. <laughs> I don't know. Tem no. Tempting like he's a really good uh, flex player that you have on the bench, and if someone's struggling a little bit oh, with a meta or a role, that's that's why he tells you. He likes him flexible. <laughs> I'm just Josh, gonna stop talking. I watched a clip of you on in Baldur's Gate, bro. That's not me. That's my character. Up. That was you. I <laughs> that's saw not me. you. You little that's my character. midget man with the mustache, bald head. Yeah, Just it's not me. Fuck it on stream. It looks like you. It looks that's like you. Why did you make me. him look like you, bro? It was really why? upsetting to see you, Josh. Was, You're just going around. Oh okay, God. this is not a roast me for having a character with a oh. mustache that's decided to fuck a drow. Okay? <laughs> that's not what we're doing. No, that's not what we're doing right now. Why Beth said it was the most unsettling thing oh. she'd ever watched. Oh. Beth watched it? Yeah, I made Beth watch it because I thought it was funny and she was not... I mean, she didn't find it funny. She found it <laughs> She sat on the couch. She, she sat made, on the couch and she said... You made a deep fake of yourself, bro. <laughs> that is no fucking way. She There's sat on the no couch way. and she said, I feel like I've been cheated on. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, it was just no way. It was a halfling. It's not me. It's it's a halfling. It looks to be exactly like you. It doesn't look exactly like me. Don't show it. It's not me. It's not me. It's not my cock and balls. Dude, I've just woken up Alice from laughing too hard. I'm sorry, Alice. Oh, Jesus. Wow, we have oh, multiple Jesus. fucking relationships running from Zaltus's ass. Oh, my God. Not the first time. Oh. My point being that I am worried that Sentinels might overcook. That's oh. it. Yeah. All right, great. well. I think we had a great discussion on that topic. That was great, guys. Well done. So, <sighs> should we move on? <laughs> we, we what time is it that? over there? It is, uh, it's 11 p.m. almost. All right, okay. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, but listen, we've we got to get up early, so. Yeah. Got work, so. Uh, Cloud9. They've added Cloud Whippy, nine. apparently. Which yeah, is just I'm, like, again, a bit of a repeat of history. Dude, people are so incredibly low on Whippy. And to the point of where people are just calling him the largest paystack, paycheck stealer in the history of Valorant. I don't know exactly where this came from. He had a really good 2022. I know his performance across uh, challenges has not been very good. But I don't think that... Uh, is this because he was insulting the Moist Moguls players and, like, getting angry at them, thinking that they'd gone for, like, a scummy tech pause or something? I, I feel like it's driven by beef more so than actually based on his gameplay. He's one of those players that, like, he's not a lock for Tier 1 by any means, but if if orgs are going more and more budget and people are looking to try and find, like, diamond-in-the-rough kind of players, I, I, I think that this is a pretty reasonable pickup for Cloud9, to be honest. Yep. Agreed. Uh, especially because they're signing Oxy too, right? So you have a duo that comes in with experience. You have connection between Vanity and Whippy. To me, this does start to look like, you know, Vanity is building a roster, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing overall. Um, but well, it sounds actually like Zelsis was um, heavily involved in building this roster, actually. Oh, really? he, he was, yeah, he was talking on stream about the fact that he had put together. Oh, no, he tweeted about it. Sorry. He tweeted about it saying that he'd had a lot to do with this new Cloud9 roster and he thought it would be um a fairly decent performer whilst being a, a like a crowd pleaser as well like good for the fans too so i i don't know what that means like maybe it was zelsis and vanity and you know mce old well i guess it wouldn't be mce would it because that was the different project so yeah yeah i mean this looks like a roster that could definitely qualify for masters Reykjavik. 2021 <laughs> uh, and then probably play with jammies instead but like other than that seems pretty good yeah i i like when there's connections between players when people when they're when they're you know making rosters uh if the rules make sense if there is predetermined connections between players not predetermined preconceived connections between players i think that is a great thing to jumpstart chemistry on a new team because this is going to be a new team this is still a lot of different parts coming together um i think this is i, I think they've gone in an okay an okay direction overall with the roster i know we were I mean, really harsh on them last week in comparison it's not a good to what roster. they could have gone it's not a great roster is it but it's like if you're gonna go budget this isn't a bad team yeah exactly is it budget 
Yes, definitely. I mean, I feel like it has to be. What, what, what's the roster? It's Vanity, Oxy, Whippy, Jake, and Zeppa and Jake. So, yep. yeah, I mean, of of them, yeah. the only the only player that's actually had top level performances recently at like a tier one level is Zeppa, and yeah. even even he hasn't been like attending the Masters events and stuff like that. But he's been a very solid player at a top level. Vanity you know, has been a good caller in the past, but his individual level has never been particularly high. Um, and then the others, you just... I mean, Jake's been pretty good this season, uh, but working with a lot better people around him than this roster will be. Yeah, that's a big thing, right? But maybe the year's done him a lot of good in that regard. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like this is one of those rosters where I reflect at the end of the year and they did really well or if they were just mid-table or below i also would be like oh, okay well fair enough but it, it it's one of those instances that, that's really just a nothing statement but the core of it is that i wouldn't be surprised if they ended up exceeding expectations right but that expectations are low right is what you're saying that it could be like cloud nine last year where yeah expectations so, so are really similar. low but you know it's it's a budget roster right that's the risk you're always taking and that it's probably going to be and it might be great. Who knows? Maybe you find the the next big thing. It's also on paper. It's worse than their roster this year. Oh, hundred percent. Right? Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yes. I, I I think we are. And, even, maybe... and that was a downgrade on the one before with Vanity and Yay. So they're just constantly going. Uh, well, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 That's esports. Yeah. Unlucky. That's esports. To me, the pattern with Vanity-led teams in the in the past two years before this one has been. They have one really good couple of months, and then they're bad. And that's, that's been the pattern, and I kind of expected, especially with some of these parts being similar, I kind of expect it again. You know, if you think about so it. They'll qualify for Madrid and then not qualify for anything else. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> North American Valorant is much like the construction of public transportation in North America. Somehow <laughs> we make it cost more than anyone else in the world, and we end up with starting with some really pretty cool things and then it just gets worse and worse and everything is too expensive and then it's terrible and then we just fail massively if, if vanity was any quick? train yeah. who would he be can you just touch your mic real quick i just no like... no, 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 no 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 not falling for this one not falling for this one the microphone untouched to answer your question bren i think thomas you think thomas what train yeah. was that the tank. Was, uh, the, the tank engine. Oh, what's it called? That's Don't like the, the up, oh the Rocky Mountaineer. That's the one that like goes to Colorado. It's like a rich people tourist train. Oh mm. wow! You just recognize the train off of a random picture. Yeah, it's like it's one of the few like private like rail services in the U.S. All right, touch your mic. Just touch your mic. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, I know Thomas. that train. And speaking of trains, Why is we know. We know, don't know where this is it's going, Steve. but guess what? We know some of you guys don't, and we're going to gloat about it. We know where Ye's going! Joking, kidding, not doing that whole fucking shtick that everyone's been doing, baiting for engagements again, pissing me off. But we do know where Aspas is going for 2024, and we're going to leak it live on stream right here, right now. Tell your mum, your dad, get the dog on the couch, get a cup of tea, sit down. Get settled. We're about to leak where Aspas is going for 2024. Everybody post about it. It's going to be crazy. I heard something. <clears throat> you heard something? Yeah. yeah. Did you hear something? Because I know. I heard something. Yeah, yeah I, I heard something. 
Okay, I heard something. Okay, good. I'm not sure it's the same as what you heard, but I heard something. Well, surely. I mean, we talked to the same streets. Brent, who do you want to, who do you want to take it well, from? Well, well, the rumor is there's four teams, right? I mean, there's actually like 10 or 11 if G2 makes 10, it. 10, 10, 11 to the teams? What have you guys been hearing? Do I need to like put the noise? I, I don't know how to trigger this. I don't know how to do I, Yeah, I need to we'll, we'll, we'll start with Bala. Bala, you know who's going to. Okay. He's... Of course, obviously. I mean, yeah, this is <laughs> this is 100%. He's going to NRG. Obviously, they need a new duelist. Artist gone. Yeah, they need a whole new team, actually, because Finesse is gone, too. Some is gone. Let's lead with Aspas. Let's lead with Sadak. Let's get these two guys in here. They could build a new team. They could keep uh, They could keep Crash's victor, these guys. Everybody respects each other. You've heard it all talk before. I just talked about Cloud9, how they're forming connections between everybody. <laughs> it just makes sense. NRG, so Hot Pockets, and Aspas are together. Leaked right here. Wait, that's, that's really so weird, weird though, because that's not what I heard. Huh. I heard he's staying with Loud. <laughs> oh, really? No, 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 no. I did. No I, way, heard, right? I heard that. I heard that Loud offered him like uh, a, a, an exclusive music contract and to become a pro skateboarder as well. No and Aspas was like, yeah, I'm doing that. And he, he decided he's, I think actually what's going to happen though is he probably signs with NRG at the start of the season and then he goes over too loud later on. They've got like a transfer deal mm. right before Madrid happens just uh. to cause the maximum amount of chaos to occur. And then Aspas is going to boot Havoc back onto Smokes. Or not back, he's never played Smokes. But kick him <laughs> onto Smokes. Mm. And then you've just got an unbelievable star Wait, power all so over the roster. who's getting traded to NRG then for, for, for this? NRG? Yeah, if it's a transfer. It's I not mean. NRG, mate. I've heard different sources. No, 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 no. I'm just, uh, okay, all right. I've um, heard very different sources. In fact, who are your sources? Because I've heard he's going to Leviathan. What? I've heard that Asmas is going to be moving over to Leviathan. He's been practicing. He's he's bilingual. He's trilingual. He's practicing every goddamn language. They're, who knows what team Leviathan are running? They don't know. They could be important talent I, from all I, over the place. I heard they bought the Zeta Division roster, actually, and they're going to speak full Japanese. There was a chance <laughs> of that. There was a chance of that occurring. They actually they, they had blackmail material on John Riot to actually alter and twist and change the roster import rules to actually make that a possibility. <laughs> but but they persevered, they That's got through crazy. it, and they can they could only go through with Aspas because he's an America's player. So Aspas might just be the sole America's player on Leviathan. Now my source I can't reveal them. <laughs> you know, so different, Mimi? I mean you guys are hearing all these rumors, but why Furia. would Aspas, why would he learn Spanish? Why, why would he play in an English-speaking team when he could stay at home representing Brazil? I heard Cloud's going gigabudget. They have $3 left in the bank account. <laughs> it all got spent on skateboarders. Tony Hawk <laughs> sang to Loud, but this podcast doesn't care about that. We care about Valorant, and Furia has dropped the bag. The Panther pawed out the last bit of money it could and paid this guy one million dollars. Yay was getting paid on Cloud9 to come over crazy. to Furia and save the team. He is the next MW Zera, but he's Aspas. He's won champions before, and he saw those other offers. He thought he could learn Spanish for Leviathan. That didn't work out. He was going to play over with NRG, but realized Finesse wasn't on the team anymore. Didn't want to do that. And he started with Loud, sure, but again, those, those budget issues, the money, it's not working out. The only answer is to stay in Brazil and create a new Brazilian super team. That's what my sources are saying. He doesn't get to stay in Brazil. He has wow. to live in L.A. 
Los Angeles is the Brazil of America, if you think about it. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Me, but what me. Does that mean? I have no idea what that means. I don't either. <laughs> That can well, be twisted in many with, ways. But also, I meant that I'm, in exactly no way. <laughs> I love Brazil and I love LA. I don't love LA, but I do. Over the so. weeks, we're going to whittle through our sources and we're going to have to cross-examine the evidence. Yeah, because this is and clearly... We're going to be playing like a big game of mafia, essentially, until we figure out where he's actually going. And uh, and we'll, we'll get... We'll get we'll, find, we'll, we'll get it pinpoint, I think. Give you know what the... You know, the funniest thing about this as well is that you were the one that couldn't come up with a source. Yours is the only one that actually has a source, which is the <laughs> Leviathan CEO said that they had given him a firm offer. Yeah. <laughs> and like offered, offer. him, offered him stuff as well as just salary. They'd offered him like a percentage of uh, merchandise sales or something as I, well. I didn't get to, I wasn't on that episode, but that's crazy. A stake yeah. in the company. As no, 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 no. He didn't offer them a stake in the company. Oh, okay, that's okay. actually illegal. It's, it's not allowed. Yeah, in the that, that's what I was saying. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, but he has offered the merchandise. Um, but also that source, Josh, I'd, my source is, is different. Oh, you've got a different source. Yeah. So actually, I think mine has the most weight behind it. Source. I made it up. It came to me in a dream. It's <laughs> 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 on fire. Okay. Okay. Let's talk. Let's move this thing along. Yeah, Let's talk about. I had to look at the runner show. Yay and finesse. It's uh it's yay and finesse time. Rumor is apparently, I don't know where these rumors are coming from. There's a lot of rumors circulating circulating around. Yay is an individual, where he might be going, who is he going to? Every single leaker is banded together to just farm the maximum amount of engagement and likes by saying, I know where Yay is going, but I'm not <laughs> telling you. And then they're just like they're just teasing all the fucking time and they're burning the goodwill in the community they're burning their goodwill Guys. release the information <laughs> tell me where yay is going now it's it's equivalent to saying i know how dr disrespect got banned off of twitch but i can't say <laughs> i can't say i can't say i can't say i can't say so th there's rumors that he's going to going to back to cloud nine which would just be one of the funniest <laughs> options i think i mean That'll i think be... that's just literally who was it was it celsius or zekin or something just tweeted that just tweeted yay in a in a c9, c9 jersey, jersey. <laughs> i mean that can't happen c9 have got a full well, team now as well yeah they've they? got a full roster the, twi the twitter uh, um could be a six though zelsus yeah. i mean it's zelsus tweeting too he's he's a six man when you don't need a six man so who knows God. That'd be people, so funny, though, the idea the, um... that... D sorry, just from Jack's perspective, right? He cuts Ye because he doesn't have enough cash to do so. Gives Ye the bag in order to just sit on the bench. The watches him go over to DSG and ruin his reputation. The community's talking about him being completely washed. Ye on stream is talking about, I'll do anything, I'll play for a penny, I'll play for minimum contract. And Jack's just like... Yes, you know where to come back. We'll offer you the minimum. Come on, come home, come back to Papa. That would be such an excellently circular, awful narrative. I love it. True evil genius. Without I heard rumors, though. It wasn't just rumors. It was the Twitter. You know the Twitter detectives. You know they're they're like cross cross checking the followers, the the followings, and yeah. there was a big chunk of global esports people that Yaster followed. Big chunk. That's what I was hearing. So the rumor is that the leading rumor, I think, is that he's going to GE. 
That <laughs> would be very interesting. I mean, the fact that G... I mean, do we want to... Uh, I, I kind of want to talk about finesse as well before we... But I do want to talk about GE later on. So I don't want to... I don't want to just on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's like a, a coming up in a couple of, couple of topics. I just don't want to skip over finesse. I got to like, speed run this bad boy then with the hosting business. All right. <laughs> Guys, come on. Let's chop, chop. chop. Let's talk about... Yeah, you nothing else to say. We don't have any concrete information. He's going to join a team. We release don't know the papers. <laughs> Give us the information. <laughs> Right now, you clouty journalists, give us the info. <laughs> anyway, finesse. Big business moves being made. Finesse is moving. Um, he wants to go into content creation, right? Is is what he's been saying. He, you know, he's moving into that direction as well. Um, feeling like he didn't want to compete. Um, for for next year as well. I I think this is a bit of a shame personally because again, we're in that we're in that golf period where there's a lack of quality IGLs. Finesse always hit the mark for me in terms of his core. Like, I thought this guy was a phenomenal caller all throughout his career, even if this year that we that was just played didn't really hit the mark entirely. Um, yeah, but again, you know, I, I won't reiterate the same points, but everything I said about Zelsis in terms of building the brand around these trying times makes a lot of sense, I think, um, from the player's perspective. So I, I, do, I do think this is a respectable move for Finesse, even though I'm quite sad about it. It's kind of similar to the, the, the Zalsa situation, too, where players are now dual balancing, you know, the content creation aspect as well as competing. And at this point where money's, you know, drying up a little bit, I think it makes a lot of sense. What I'm confused about here, though, is he's out of he's now out of his contract officially, whereas before it was, a, I think, to 2025. So a three year contract with NRG. And he's just been dropped that doesn't really make sense to me when he was supposed to be riding the bench probably until i mean with the month at least next month after teams have already wrapped up stuff so to me this indicates that i'm just speculating but that he bought himself out or got out of the contract himself and is still looking for other opportunities see i i think it's more likely that NRG just didn't want to pay his salary and shop him around. If he, you know, if he has a clause in his contract that says, I get final decision on whether or not I get traded, which to be honest, with by the sound of how like good he, he and the rest of his cause contract have been for a long time, ever since they were playing on like old Envy, um, I would imagine he would have something like that in the contract. It, at that point, it becomes extremely difficult to actually get a buyout for a player because they don't want to move to the team that you're trying to sell them to and get the buyout for. So at that point, it makes sense to just try and uh, release them as a free agent and not have to have their salary on the books um, until the end. So I would imagine that's more likely personally than him buying himself out of his contract. But we did have an example of a person in the Overwatch League that bought themselves out of their contract twice just because they had the money to, and they didn't want to be, get stuck in contract jail, which I thought was fucking hilarious, but... I mean, yeah. that's awesome, but, like, trolled themselves, right? <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I don't think they were doing it for the money at that point. Yeah, I, I, I don't do know. think it's To me, hilarious. it seems attractive to another team. Like, at this point, like, NRG would just sell him for anything, because uh, obviously he's probably saying, I'm not going to play for that team, and I'm not going to play for you guys. So, like, to get value out of a three-year contract, you're trying to trade him or you're trying to sell him. Whether there's a no-trade clause or not... Um, whatever, but like, still do something. I, I, I can't imagine that teams are not willing to just. I don't know. I guess it depends on how much his contract is and whatever. Yeah, maybe the theory is stupid. It's I like the fact theory. that in his Instagram comment though, it says, "Oh, you know, whether I'm competing against you, Victor and Crashies or not, I wish you all the best. I'm going to be genuinely rooting for you." 
Finesse, you were on stream like a month ago saying that if you if you left NRG, if you got dropped from NRG, you would be feasting on their demise. So, <laughs> so wait for the co-streams to happen. Let's see which side Finesse is actually on. Is he going to be rooting on their downfall? Is he going to be fucking preying on NRG's downfall? Or is he actually going to be rooting for Victor and Crashies? I, I'm excited for the, for the Finesse co-streams. He's such a naturally funny individual. He's just so... I, I don't know. I mean, dry, I he did a, he did the better job than every broadcast combined to hype up a single game ever, and now <laughs> yeah. he gets to do it for every game. Is the century game? Let's fucking go. Every match one. is the match of the century. There's only one. There only will ever be one. There might be some bad teams though next year. Could have lots of like once in a century games. Maybe every week. <laughs> <laughs> What are you cooking, bro? What are you like, isn't that the whole point? Is like, listen, it was like the battle of the battle of the clout, but also it was just kind of like two mid-table teams. Yeah. We're gonna have a lot of mid-table teams, maybe even lower next year. Who knows? I mean, yeah, listen, I we don't. I mean, at least four know. teams have Aspas. That's at least four. Teams That's that are crazy, be good. actually. Yeah, you are right. You are right. I mean, um, and there's never going to be another situation with the LCQ where it's literally the last chance to single Elo. Never like that shit. It was crazy. But yeah, 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 it was. Um, let's talk about some EMEA stuff, huh? A little bit of EMEA. You want to talk does about that tickle your fancy? What about CNED as an individual? Mm. Because where where are these rumors here? The the report saying that he is trialing with foot, and we I think we already spoke about it prior on a prior episode, or maybe we didn't get time to talk about it. But foot obviously as well, they've kind of just been posting pictures with them. Without specific players, I think Kiwi and Mosh. They're experimenting with CNET. That just that puts into my mind that CNET has a fucking lab coat on and he's trying to mix together the greatest Turkish Valorant roster that anyone has ever seen. <laughs> They're trying to do the trial, prestige. The, the prestige. <laughs> They're trying to prestige the Turkish Valorant They're going to put CNET into Kiwi's body to save foot next year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with artists joining Navi, CNET joining one of the Turkish teams seems like a no-brainer to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been two years of him, kind of. I mean, on ascent, and now Navi, and he's still he's still fucking incredible, guys. I I know that his stock, uh, in a lot of different places, has gone down for whatever reason, inflexibility, whatever. But like the guy is still crazy. Early on, walking that jet when he was opping all, almost consistently it was so in, insane. Um, which you know, jet nurse, whatever. He's going to need to eventually, just like. Tens and other of these uh, players who were known for their jet early on, they need to get some flexibility. If it's yeah, definitely. finally playing some rays, finally being good at that agent, or something else entirely like Demon 1 where he's playing controller as well, that needs to happen. Um, and until then, I think the Turkish teams are, are a good fit. Um, he was on what? B was it BBL way back when before he got signed to Ascend? I, I can't remember at this point. Oh, but I have like, no idea before he's, Ascend. He's one of the reasons why Turkish Valor got put on the scene in the first place is because there was like insane uh, investment and he was the star player. And going back to that, I think could actually make a Turkish team relevant in this year. Foot was relatively relevant. They were pretty good throughout the entire season. But uh, I mean, if they got CNED, I think that's a, that's a good fit. Yeah, yeah. BBL. I think it's a perfect situation for him to kind of work on his agent pool and make sure he isn't just rolled by the jet nerfs. Yeah, and also building and bringing a bit of that um, experience that he's got, I think, now. Playing in other teams, international teams, particularly in EMEA. 
um, bringing that into the Turkish scene could be really beneficial. We talk all the time about how, you know, these these other regions that with this new partnership system that's come about, like different regions are kind of falling in the wayside a little bit when it comes to the talent development. I think it's really important for players like CNED who have literally seen the inner workings of, you know, essentially top teams. And CNED is a player who, in my mind, he's kind of found a bit more of his own voice. At least it looked that way on that, but you look at the player cams, the man was vocal. Um, a lot of the time, right? And and way more than in the past. Yeah, compared twenty twenty one to this year, it's like such a night yeah. day difference for CNN. I think he's got a lot to bring to to the Turkish scene overall. Even though the Turkish scene as well has been finding its own way, um, even even without you know having it, because I think you've seen some really big bright spots, at least you know at times from foot this year. But yeah, I think uh, I think overall it, it makes logical sense, right? Like we've all been talking about. Yep. All right. Let's talk Team Liquid. Boom. They have released Soulcast. Three years he's been on that roster. Um, and yeah, they've, they've released Soulcast and apparently signed Enzo, um, which I think has been reported on. Um, someone called Carmen Core, they are crying their eyes out at that news because that is, that is uh, yeah, yeah you, you're looking at uh, an IGL market again where it was a hot commodity, apparently. One of the most hotly contested players in the EMEA, which... I, initially comes as a surprise to me when i when i heard the news but also at the same time again we are we're not in a kind of market where, where igls are free-flowing and um especially with certain igls as well just even straight up retiring or going into um like studying as well which um you know there's been some instances of very valuable player so it makes sense that he was being bidded upon so if they're, they're going to be building a team liquid core around enzo it, it doesn't really fill me with um too much hope for the Team Liquid squad, I'm not going to lie. I mean, Enzo, I thought, uh, he's always been quite a serviceable player, but yeah, I think he, there's not really too many other options that you go for in EMEA from the top of my head at all. EMEA is in a tragic situation for IGLs. I mean, that's one of the reasons I think why Enzo is so highly sought after. But yeah. with with losing safe, I mean, Liquid are just in a really rough situation anyway, no matter what. So... It's just trying to make the best of this situation, and it also just fucks over Carmen Corp in a very funny manner. Um, I think it was inevitable that Solkas, um was going to get removed. I think I've been very down on Solkas for quite a while. I think he did a good job in terms of making himself more flexible. I mean, back in the day, he was like basically only a raise player which was incredibly difficult for his team to kind of work around. Then Sky got released, and he looked really good at Sky, but that's still a really odd agent pool to work with. And he, he's done a decent job, actually, in the last year of filling out a lot of other roles. Um, watching him the first time he played Fade, tragic. Watching him later Fade games, really improved and like looked like he was decent. But I think at the core of it with Soulcast, there's something off with his mental game. And... The, the reason why I say that is because when you talk to people that have worked with him in the past, you talk to people at Liquid, or you talk to like Sliggy, for example, as well, who said this on stream, uh, Solcast has got great aim, apparently, like when he's actually feeling it. And you, you see him posting these ridiculous highlight clips on Twitter and stuff, which obviously you don't want to judge a guy by highlight clips. I'm judging him by the match results, which is he plays like quite a lot of poo a lot of the time. And I think there's, there's got to be some kind of mental block there for him um being able to access that better level of himself and I, I think that's something he's got to work through if he wants another chance at tier one but if he can ever reach the potential that his teammates like to talk about him having and if he can demonstrate that like in a match regularly then he'll 
be welcomed with open arms back in the, the tier one scene, obviously, because he's now got that flexibility. It's just his, I don't know, the confidence and the gun skill just doesn't seem to be there in matches. I've, you see moments like this maybe once in a month of solid play in matches from Solkas. And you're like, oh, holy shit, wait, he actually might be really good. And then you watch him do nothing for like the other 10 rounds in a map. And that's my biggest problem with him is that he just doesn't seem to be able to access this level with any level of consistency. Yeah, sometimes he's insane. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of times where it's like blunder, blunder. Uh, there's no initiatives, that sort of thing where he's unconfident about himself. I think he, he uh, there's, again, Brian, you're talking about not much to go for, and that's why they go for you know some of the players they're going for now. But I, I think Solkas could find a, a spot on one of these EMEA teams, um, definitely in the tier one level yeah, in my mind, because there's there's so much. There's talk about Americas. There's almost no slots, and then in the EMEA, I feel like there's a, there's a lot of room for people to move around. Um, yeah, here, like Heretics, like that sort of team. Giants, like I don't, I actually don't really know what those teams are doing right now. So I, I think there's, I think there is room, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him get there. But I also, you know, it's, it's a possibility they might not make it back. I think he's, I think he's good enough. But you're right, all those concerns are true, and he's not good enough for Liquid anymore. It's and Liquid have given him a long time, and I mean, Liquid have given him longer than anybody was expecting. I think to try and really yep. reach that top level. I mean, he's he was the, on the roster the like last... two years or yeah. something, right? No, he was, was on the Fish one, two, the three Fish one two three. Yeah, this it's, is the yeah. death of Fish one two three. I mean, kind of ended the era there for him and Liquid, but it does seem like Enzo is like the perfect replacement for a Liquid that is amid some trolling allegations with letting Safe go this off season. Being able to pick up Enzo, I think, is a really big move for them. I mean, he was excellent in the past; was just an inch away from making it to partnerships through Ascension. And I think he's continued to prove his value in the player. And if anything, I feel like his stock has actually risen through his time in Tier 2 and the run that he went on there. He's a really good initiator yeah. player. He's a good leader as well who can add another voice to a team, which seems like something that could benefit this team. Although we've also seen some kind of issues with like figuring that out with Redgar and everything. I don't really know what the future of Liquid is, but he does seem like a good piece to start to kind of rebuild around and yeah. a big pickup there uh, uh the other rumor right now or trial whatever uh that's out there is that keiko from apex as well is potentially trialing for the team so who knows what that looks like but enzo obviously and then have a relationship uh, between each other and does this does that mean that red guy's staying no i think it's the so then there's two the moves left because the the my confusion is coming from this article about Enzo saying that one move is expected left on Liquid. Mm. And that confuses the shit out of me because we know that safe's gone. We know that there has to be another player coming in. So maybe this is like ambiguous wording. Maybe they're saying like, you know, we already know that safe has a replacement. We're expecting another change to happen. But it says in addition, one more change is expected. And I'm confused about that i mean maybe i'm just reading too much into it and it does just mean that red guy's getting swapped out with somebody else um but no. yeah i don't know josh i want to pick your brain do it you watched a lot of common call yeah i did how many times did they lose oh so many times you want an exact number i want the exact number minus the most recent game 
as those um, fuckers said, one more ride, baby. <laughs> Let's host an event and get one more loss under the belt. Carmen Core, one more loss, record-breaking crowd, sold out across the board. What was it 28,000 people watching? 28,000 20, people. Crazy. Because it was the, the largest Valorant team. crowd of all time. And then, the I mean, immediately after that, the largest Valorant Game Changers crowd, because all the crowd just stuck around. And Carmen Core's Game Changers team got destroyed against Loud's Game Changers team. This this one between, like, the Carmen Core main team and the T1 main team was fairly close. It was a 13-9. But um, considering that T1 have just made roster moves, and this is the squad that Carmen Core was practicing with for the majority of the year, that's... Oh, 13-10. It... Uh, yeah, it wasn't incredible. <laughs> I, they they were kind of trolling around. They weren't taking it as seriously. But um, it it's was interesting man. to see T1's full uh, roster. Apart from Excura is going to be in the starting roster and Carpe is going to be on the bench. Interesting. I don't so know Sire's... Yeah, Carpe is going to be benched. Excura's in the starting roster. And then... Um, so, you know, you've got King on Sentinel. Isu's going to be playing Smokes. Itsu had a fantastic beginning to the match, uh, but he kind of cooled down towards the end. Um, and then Saya is going to be main duelist for the team. So, yeah, it looks, looks interesting. Oh. Oh, that's a common call. Always mobilizing the fans. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, wait, just to talk about the crowd. The crowd was the most unbelievably entertaining and insane atmosphere I've ever seen at an esports event. I mean, the, the energy in that building made me want to become French. I was... <laughs> I spent the rest of the day after I turned my stream off guzzling down baguettes and boursin. And the amount of red wine I've been drinking in the last week is unbelievable. I can't notice a change. I haven't learned any French in the meantime. But I'm feeling like I'm becoming more culturally associated with this. I want to turn up next time and go nuts. Because the energy in this building was unreal it's it matches i saw fanatic ceo tweeting about this afterwards being like hey i'm really inspired to put on something for fanatic no one's showing up you ain't getting twenty eight thousand people in there you ain't getting twenty eight thousand people in an arena going nuts like these guys you don't got it like that you don't got the fans like that carmen court have built something absolutely different i i think they've tapped into football culture extremely heavily and they've got uh, an extremely good um, like Rocket League team as well, but they've really tapped into this. Like, you know, you know how I don't know. It's just something about European football culture that's very over the top, excited, even when your team is losing. Like, used to watching teams lose a lot as well, and still being very supportive yeah. behind them, ride or die, super like ultra uh, mindset, and then also like inventive chance and they're, they're doing like fucking dances and shit not dances but like they're like they're, everyone was crowding around everyone started leaving their chairs at one point and they started crowding around on the floor and i was like what are they doing and they're down on the floor and they're going like they're going everyone everyone immediately went quiet the whole twenty-eight thousand people all go quiet and i'm like what is going on here and they all are like coordinated going oh just during a tech pause <laughs> during a tech pause these people are madness it's absolute madness and it was insane i what i co-streamed five hours of this and i ended up watching rocket league super smash bros ultimate and league of legends as well because it was like just time. it was just an entertaining event it was unreal 
I don't know how they've done it, but this is like, it was like looking through a window into what esports is going to be, or at least what esports could be if teams are super competent at building their fan bases into having serious connections with the team um, rather than just the players or the, you know, the roster that happens to be there at the time. Uh, this, This org has done something wild. And it's crazy that they're like one of the worst Valorant teams. Oh, they're poo. They're terrible. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's just like, it doesn't matter that they suck. They've just done such a good job of building the brand and tapping into what France wants. Like, it just, it, it just makes me want more Harmon Cores in the world. If every, here, here's the more. monkey paw devil dilemma. If every team could have the fan base and the pure, like, just massive joy of every fan who watches them, the pure investment that Carmen Core had. But everything was also as bad as Carmen Core. How <laughs> many teams, how many teams in, let's say, the Americas League would you want to take that deal? All of them. Ten? All just, yeah, because then you wouldn't be able to tell that they were that bad. Uh, well, I mean, it's would, just like but... toddlers flinging shit at each other, but we think it's the best thing ever because each of them has fucking 50,000 fans screaming. Yep. No, yeah, awesome. seriously. Well, yeah. I mean, hypothetically, you'd have, you know, you'd still have the best players in the world on, on these teams. They'd just be ass, right? Yeah, yeah, they would just, like, kill each other so really you well. Wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to tell. Even Tier 2, you wouldn't be able to tell. You'd be like, ah, whatever. These Tier 2 teams are not playing with the best. This is the best. We've got our best here. <laughs> and then we'd be filling out stadiums everywhere we go. And then we could call the America's global champion location model. the world champions, like the NBA does. <laughs> like the MLB. Yeah. Uh, um, the... I think if we ever have a Masters event or Champions in France, it, it will it will blow the roof off. I, I mean, maybe it won't. Spot. Yeah, maybe it won't if Karma Core isn't there. But also, we haven't really seen like gentle, gentle mates have only recently formed their organization, but they're quite similar to Karma Core in the sense that it's three big content creators that have come together to make gentle mates. And I assume that they're looking at like the success of Karma Core and trying to really replicate that kind of thing. So. It's it's super possible that um, we'll have two extremely uh, invested Dude, French fan crazy. bases. Uh, the yeah, the French scene is insane. Look, Car- Carmen Core was founded in 2020, 2020, yeah. and they've already they've already established like this sort of like not only a recurring event that constantly just turns heads. Last year's was insane too, by the way. That was like crazy good. And then this year they do the same thing. And Gentlemates is I think I think founded this year or last year. Gotaga, like, oh, and really recently yeah it's it's insane what they're able to do just turning around like that um they just they just have it and there's always been like in any game there's always in any esports you can find one french stream that is just ahead of the game in everything like in fortnite there was this there was a stream uh solari they were just constantly streaming all their players povs uh as like a, a, ra- a red zone thing and it was the best way to watch a, a fortnite tournament nobody else could even compete and they they were better than any official broadcast, better than anything. There's always one French company just dominating, just dominating. Yeah. Can I, can I also explain a little more about how nuts this event is from a financial point of view? Because there was an article written in French that's um, about Carmen Core, and remember that this organization started in 2020, as Balas just said, right? They um, they earn about the in terms of revenue, right? They have about five to six million projected for 2023 and they're operating a break even so they're not uh they're not making massive losses like the other organizations they're funded by their 
uh, by their founders mostly, and they uh, at break-even levels. 40% of their revenue is coming from sponsors, which is about 2 million. And then 40% is coming from merch, including digital goods sales, but they haven't even got the... Di- well, I mean, maybe that's including the projected digital goods sales, but the, I don't know. There aren't really any for 2023. So uh, yeah, the, at least in Valorant, sorry. But there are in uh, Rocket League, apparently. So anyway, 40% from merch. So that's about 2 million, right? Is their, is their income, their revenue from sponsorships. The budget for this, uh, this event, uh, KCX3, was 2 million was 2 million euros. So they, they, 40% of their revenue for the year, they invested back into this event, this 28,000 person in an arena event. And they said, if we'd only sold about 15,000 of the tickets instead of 28,000, it would have just been bankruptcy for us. <laughs> and they just went for it. They just That's went for awesome. it because they knew their fan base was like that. So they, uh, they said that they'd sold... Um, They'd sold 11,000 places sold at 95 euros. So they made a million euros just based off their premium tickets. And then they sold another 17,000 tickets at a different pricing. I'm not exactly sure what that pricing was. They said that they didn't make a profit on the event overall. So they did still make a small loss, but it's just such an insane, insanely cool event. And probably the overall like eventual spends on merchandise and extra stuff from their fans being more invested will end up making this kind of thing yeah. very profitable, especially if they do it again and they can, you know, advertise it and bring in even more from sponsorships and stuff. But I thought that was just bonkers that they're spending 40% of their revenue on one event like this. And then they're selling enough tickets to almost make a profit on it. And they were risking like bankruptcy if they only sold nice. half the tickets for the event. It's, it's wild. I have a plot chat proposition. Yeah. How much do we make a year? About $100. How much does it cost to get a venue? A lot. About $2 million. <laughs> we can, guys, I don't have an idea anymore. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> the Team Secret have released Dubstep um, as a player. And, Is the um, music good, though? Do you listen to it? Touch your fucking mic. Touch your fucking mic. <laughs> In fact, now I'm out, bro. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, have there been any projected uh, rumors, picking ups of, of Team Secret? Or is this just them? They, they've released Dubstep. Unlearning. I do not know. Okay. Team Secret and Team Talent are enigmas. I have no clue what's happening yeah. with them. I have just what no they, clue. What are they up to over there? Wait, VLR says they didn't they also drop their coach? Orbit, yeah, yeah, yeah. But VLR says they still have them. Well, I mean, it's all rumors. in this article that is. Yeah, it's all rumors. It's rumors. Speculation. Dog, I don't really know. I don't know what to really add on to this one here. I think they're in a bit of a difficult situation in terms of how they want to build their team. But uh, it's the, the same, the same stuff that we bring up every time we talk about Pacific teams in terms of their rebuild. Is like, what direction do you want to go into? Do you want to try and build with the local talent base, local player pool, and potentially have you know no communication issues whatsoever? but you have less to, less to work with, or do you go for a mixed language, everybody speaks English, and just try and pull talent from, from everywhere approach. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know enough about their own scene to, to know what direction they could go into, but... Well, they had Warbirds as a coach, didn't they? So, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I find it so difficult to comment on teams like this that are built out of full regional rosters when the yeah. talent pool that they're pulling from is so small because you have to be super invested in the scene to even know who the upcoming players are. Right? Like, I, I don't know who a great upcoming 
uh, player from the Philippines is for them to sign. I I don't I don't know. <laughs> but that doesn't that, mean like, they do sad exist. Sad goodbye video that was like solemn and like we had such a good time with you. Just had a bunch of like co-streamer reactions being like, oh my god, with like epic film. Re so s <laughs> I feel like that's like such a like tonal like flattening to just like have this really sad. This doesn't matter. Anyways, um, yeah, the future of Team Secret. I don't fucking know. It's a secret to me. I'm going to turn off my yeah, microphone I now. I don't know. It's, this is <laughs> one of those things where the, the change happens. I don't know enough to uh, about their own in-person scene. I also don't know if they also might have no problems whatsoever in terms of um, communicating English and playing in English as, as a team. I actually don't know enough there. I'm, I'm ignorant. Yeah. So, um, who knows? Possibly, I but... I mean, Dubstep yeah. this year wasn't, uh, it wasn't incredible. Uh, I think the players on Team Secret that were incredible was Envy um, and Envy. Lenny, I think, subbed <laughs> one time and he was like kind of impressive to me, but yeah. Borkum sometimes is just crazy, clutch. Um, but yeah, it's Envy is the guy. Every time I watched God, Team Secret this year, I was like, holy shit, this guy's the truth. This guy's real. And he was playing like yeah, KO, yeah, Breach, like that sort of stuff. So that's who I would want to hold on to, and it seems like they are, so that's nice. Um, and they have been playing with a full Filipino roster for forever at this point, so I assume they're going to try to pick up more Filipino talent. But again, like you said, Josh, I, I'm not watching Challengers Philippines, unfortunately. Well, let's talk about some other Pacific news. That's um, Actually, it's kicking off on yeah, this particular well. with this particular team. Global Esports, Hello India, GE Fighting. Always works like a charm every single time. But, but actually, numbers... Hello India. Hello India multiple times. Yep. Numbers going up because there's been many, many announcements here. Um, Benkai being the big one, that's the, the, the big name drop. Most interestingly is that he made a comment, I believe, in someone else's stream saying that he wasn't even going to be IGLing for this team. Yeah, I think he said it in Yinsu's chat when she was talking about things with, uh, with Boaster and Benkai. So I don't, I don't know who the IGL is going to be because Aaron left the team because he... I think because he, I think he tweeted about it or something, saying that he wanted to, um, uh, you know, it was like his decision for whatever reason. I imagine it was quite a challenge this year. Um, there were a lot of difficulties with how GE ran their roster, but I think he did a great job with it. But if Benkai's not going to be the IGL, who is? Yay? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Maybe <laughs> yay. Yes. Yeah. That's the only Possibly. answer. I mean, who who is still on GE? Like, this team is so confusing to me right fast. now. Because they they also, like, they announced Lightning Fast, who was kind of already on the team as one of, like, the bazillion people they had signed. So now he's announced, Benkai's announced, but we don't really have full clarity on what the rest of this roster is. It's no, in they, such a strange place. They put out a video on Twitter with their CEO doing the voiceover over the top saying, it's time for a hard reset. So... I think it's reasonable to ex assume that almost all of the players would be gone, um, apart from probably Lightning Fast. Uh, but now they have Lightning Fast, Benkai, and the breaking news as we were doing this uh, is that they've signed Russ as well, Russ. formerly of Guild. Um, so no, like so that's Russ their import slot. Like... So there's no yay. 
Well, I, no, Russ has apparently said, though I cannot find a source for this, but everyone is talking about... Everyone keeps... This is the, the fucking problem with the world, actually. If you're going to say something, put the original source in there, please, so that other people know where the hell you're like p- bringing up this information from. Because people just keep saying, oh, no, Russ told everybody that he's got residence um, in India because he's... Um, He's Indian British or British Indian and apparently has residence, so he doesn't count as an import slot if he declares himself as a Pacific player. But that, I can't find a source for that. People are saying on like VLR and Reddit that he tweeted it, but I looked through his recent tweets and I can't find it. So I mean, dog, if your most recent team was Le Petit Buffon, you're, you're a fucking EMEA player. Like, you're the important well, slot. I've just decided. I've just, I've just decided. You, you, play on a team with a French you name. don't get to decide. No, the rules are changing. It, it, so the way that the rules work are that if he has the ability to like legally permanently reside in some area within the Pacific region, then upon joining Tier One, he can declare himself in either EMEA or um, mm. or Pacific. So if you have dual citizenship, or in this case, I don't think India actually allows dual citizenship, so it would have to be some other level of permanent residency. Like, as if, for the American audience, it would be like having a green card. You're not an American citizen, but you have the right to permanently reside there, which means that you're allowed to declare yourself as an America's player. Um, you're not allowed to just do that willy-nilly. There are some, like, you know, if he if he left Global Esports, he would have to play as an import player then in an EMEA team, even if it was, like, a full British team or whatever, or a full French team or whatever. Um, so, yeah. Oh, apparently it's in his LFT post. Let me ah. see if I can hunt that down while you guys talk about whatever. It, okay. it says in the video, it's good to be back in India. So, like, maybe right. that's what people are reading into. But either way, I mean, it, it, if he's the import, then he's the import. If he's not, then they have another yeah. opportunity. But we to need to know if Ye is going to be on be this cool. Imagine Ye with this roster. Oh, I mean, uh, when oh, yeah, you we saw Sorry, Russ I found play it. at Tier 1, it was like Masters Copenhagen with Guild, right? And like, he was atrocious, like, he was, by the way. He was the worst player, I think the worst rated player of Masters Copenhagen, if I recall. Like, he had a dumpster of a tournament back then, yeah. which, like, plummeted his stock. He got dropped there, and then he's kind of, like, been playing down in Tier 2 for a while. So I have no idea what to rate this guy now. You guys say this, and I was, I feel like I'm always the guy defending the worst rated players at the events. But in the games that they won, he had crucial, crucial impact. Yeah, I'm actually with you here, Bala. I'm not going to lie. That, oh my god, I've heard this from Bren so many times, and it makes <laughs> me mauled. Because think about this argument logically. In the games that they won, he performed. Oh, so if he just performed all the time, they would have won a lot more. So he's I'm actively guess... the person that's stopping them from winning okay. by not performing. When they perform, when he performs, they win. Therefore, when he doesn't perform, they lose. He is making them lose by not performing. That's the logic there. That's not a good thing. I mean, uh, on the Plat Chat Premier team, if I don't purport, perform, you're not going to just blame it on me. You're going to blame all the rest of the fucking dog shit players in the team. <laughs> you're never right? at the bottom of the scoreboard. You're the carry. You're, you're, saying, like, you're like Trex or Safe or whoever the hell was playing <laughs> on that team. You're not my Russ. I'm the Russ. I, I'm my I, Russ. I, I'm w- Russ. When I was watching back, yes, he had moments that I'm like, wow, this guy. Uh, but... Like at the same time, he also had moments that I was like, "This guy is is making really, really good decisions." Not just you know, oh, he lucked into it. He's making really, really good decisions, and I think that is a good person 
to have on your team when you're building a, a roster that is going to be a mismatch of people who I, I don't know where they're going to come from. I, I don't know like what experience they're going to have. I think Russ is experienced. I think he can uh, pull himself into a spot that potentially he is frying. Yeah, um, I, I agree. But I think he's, he's to me, he's kind of like Aaron in a sense where I'm like, yeah, this guy, like I, I like decision making from him. And I think he can be somebody who other people can learn from a lot. I need him to narrow down the agent pool a little bit, though, because I think that's where some of the problems lie. Was that he was the glue player? They, yeah, they he literally was. they he was they to took everything. him in. The guild took him in 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 their hands, and they squeezed him to fill in all the little gaps. And he was just gluing all over the place. He was the glue for the team. He was playing whatever <laughs> they wanted for him, and that is a very very hard task to place on the player's uh, shoulders. I think just just making them play whatever you need in the composition. They're never really building that familiarity. It's not a whole part of problems that, that came associated with him. But, but I you think also need to shoot back. You also need to shoot back sometimes. It wasn't think, just Copenhagen. I think next either. year, you, Ross will be my goat. I mean, maybe he. I was looking through. I haven't watched him play particularly in tier two, but I was just looking at the stats, and he's not like bottom. He's not the worst performer in the tier two leagues. It's not like he's gone down and continued to perform badly in tier two. He's like statistically he's like middle of the pack sometimes top third so maybe it's yeah. just i'm i'm so cautious like when like... he was playing so poorly with his rifle in tier one valorant he had the lowest adr in the last uh split of challenges when they qualified for copenhagen out of all of the players in the tier one level of emea and then he went into copenhagen and performed the worst player at copenhagen he's on a team with well, didn't that team have Trex, Leo, and Safe on it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Can't all be the stars, Josh. And call the mental. Look at Fnatic. But you still, all of them are the stars. That's like the whole, that's like the can't whole thing. Can't all be stars. Like, look at Fnatic. Like you four can. out of five. And, they're, and, and, they and have, their worst all stars, player, their, their worst lost. player is, what? They're all stars that, and they lost. Someone and they won take the, the two other tournaments this year. No, no, Mimi. No, no, Mimi. He's right. He's right. If Fnatic had Russ instead of Leo, if they had picked up the best player from Guild instead of Leo, they would have won, Bren. You're right. Yeah, they should have picked up Russ. That, I think that might be the case. Everybody needs a bit of a punching bag in the team. And that's, <laughs> that's me. In Platchat Premier, no. when, when we play our match, and I'm going to be on 180 ping playing from Korea in the morning at 8 a.m. You're going to hold it down. You're going to hold it down. Me, baby. Look, it's I take it me. all back. I have great players around me. Great players. <laughs> Fantastic players. I think Russ yeah. will be fine, and I think GE will be fine. And that's yeah. that's my conclusion. I, I think people are hyping it up because they've been like clout farming that, oh, we're going to sign Ye. No, no. There's no, there's no way. Jay joins Global Esports, and even if he did, he would not save them. It will be fine. <laughs> this this team might be interesting, but I also said that I said that for this year because of the experiment that they ran, and they did have they have signs of life at that point. They were interesting. I, I'm willing to let them cook a little bit more. I'm just That's... saying that so that I can be wrong in the future, but like I we really don't know what this roster is going to be, and I'm not <laughs> seeing a piece thus far that like is compelling me to be excited thus far. It's just weird, which intrigues me. It is really yeah. weird. Well, I mean, I feel like that's the case with like, like all the Pacific teams right now. Like, I feel like Pacific is the region where like even the sacred spreadsheet knows the least about what the hell is going on. 
No, I think yeah. the spreadsheet's actually okay. It's just that I don't know any of these players that are on the spreadsheet, so like, uh, unlucky, really. I mean, that's yeah. yeah, that's kind of what I mean, but <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't really watch Tier Two Pacific, guys. I'm sorry. Let's move the show on a little bit. We, we're on a bit of a time. We 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 got stuff to do. We got people to see. We got meetings. We got business meetings. Um, I'm getting a coffee with the owner of Leaks. Was Global Esports. Yeah, Global Esports at, <laughs> right, at midnight right. in 15 uh, minutes. So let, let's <laughs> let's talk about Nitro. Nitro coming off a bit of a heater, honestly. A, a bit of a redemption arc. I, actually, redemption arc, I don't really know where he left off when he was in CS, but I know that, at least in my mind, my stonks for Nitro were kind of like, yeah, nah, nah. he was a good player. But I don't know. I didn't. I don't know how I really felt about him. Then he went back into CS, and I was like, okay, this is a bit odd. And then he actually had a really good tear in CS. I noticed because I was watching a lot of the CS games without no prior knowledge, but he was performing well when when I was watching him. Um, and now he's coming back to Valorant, which has got all the CS frogs just riled up. They're all being like, oh, the retirement home, taking them in again. L move, L move. They just, they don't know there's, there's 25 other symbols in the alphabet, just they only know the, the letter L. And um, yeah, he's coming back to Valorant with the with the M80 signing, which, uh, you know, makes some level of sense, I guess, with M80 losing players. But um, yeah, this uh, this is still a bit, Interesting. I don't really know what I think of what to think about this. That's all. It. It. I don't know whether to think this is just a, a man who is looking for stability in his life, as his as he's got a family, and um, he sees Valorant as the way to do that, as opposed to traveling with the CS circuit. Totally could be. We're uh, in LA, baby. Know. Yeah, yeah. We well, are in he's, LA. He's playing in M80, right? So oh, true. they can play from home. We're at home, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's also the kind of player, one of the only, well, maybe not one of the only, but one of the people in a specifically unique position where he has a lot of tier one experience at both games. And so he can kind of play offers against each other to try and maximize his uh, salary on opportunities, I suppose. I don't know. I don't know what to think about it particularly. I think he was a very intuitively excellent player when he first moved over to Valorant, and I'm interested to see whether he continues to be superb. But, uh, yeah. Not too much more to say, to be honest. It's still, nope. I mean, I guess the only thing to really take away from this, too, is that M8 are still really trying to win Ascension. Right? The, the, this roster now looks like they are firm favorites to win next year based on the team that they have, even despite, I mean, maybe they... I don't have they officially re-signed like Nismo and Xander, or are they still looking for tier one opportunity? The rumor is that they're keeping uh Nismo, I believe. Oh yeah, oh, Koala Noob, Xander yeah, and Nismo, as well as Nitro. I that it's kind of tragic actually that players the quality of especially Nismo and Xander haven't been able to find tier one opportunities. Maybe with Nismo, it's just a matter of not re exactly fitting into a specific role, but he is such a talented player. Like, he is, yeah, he is. He's easily better than half of the tier one players at the role that he plays. It's just that it's quite a like specific niche, weird role to fit in with another squad. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird, but also that, that roster looks like it would farm Ascension. I think to me, the EG stuff has ruined a lot of. Uh, opportunity for some of the uh, ascension players 
to come into tier one. I think a lot of people were trying to make moves with them, and then they realized the EG players were potentially able to get uh, picked up. Where we don't know where that's at right now, but like I think that might have had impact on some of these guys. I think it, the EG stuff had impact on uh, so much shit. I think the Cloud Nine stuff. I think obviously 100 thieves but i think m80 is somebody who's getting hit by this as well which thankfully some of those players have places a, a place to fall back where they can be fairly confident that they can you know make another run at ascension good thing for the org as well yep. the org's like oh no you didn't find a tier one opportunity oh i'm so sorry you want to play <laughs> no. for us <laughs> you want to come home <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, that's it for the episode, but we have one more topic to do, which is... It's the Wise Weekly Award. What, clip do what, we have what is this award? Who Who is winning this, and why are they winning it? There's no information on who... What, what is this for? <laughs> what is this for? But it's Wise Weekly Award. That's a, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Wise Weekly Award. So, it's gonna be debate yeah. club or something. Yeah, it's like it's it's model UN. club. It's actually it's hammer forging club. <laughs> the best hammer today. It's Warhammer Club. Now Kurt has has pulled together some decent suggestions for this one here. I don't really know um who who this could really go to. I I mean I've been kind of again just only grasping at the scraps of the very surface level of information in Valorant to stay up to date enough to not completely throw the hosting of this podcast um but i mean kurt you you suggested a jersey man yeah man i suggested jersey? a jersey man but also like i just wanted to show this video to people like you want to show they, the bbl video this, this well, is just strange man bbl got a, a sponsor for the first time and they made this this video, video is odd uh we're not gonna play it with this... audio but just look at this video it is just <laughs> <laughs> it is awesome. Uh, it is very like, confusing. Guys, can we give the Wides Weekly Award to Nestle? Yeah. I love um, Nestle. I'm sure they've done nothing let's bad. Not. We don't have Why? to give it. To, we're giving it to BBL for getting money and making. Why have yeah, they well. not used their actual team though? Isn't the whole point of sponsoring with an organization that they have popular players that you can leverage for stuff like this? Well, why, why would you use you your popular like... players when you could create an advertisement in the metaverse? <laughs> the future is now. <laughs> Who got paid the That's bag? Which bonkers. Blender artist got paid the bag to do that? Yeah. Or did like... they get paid a bag at all? Maybe they didn't get paid a bag. Maybe it was just somebody on Fiverr. They got a bag of coffee from Nescafe. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Really I don't know. Fucked. I don't know who to give it to this week. This, I, I mean, Ren, you are literally famous for giving the awards out to members of the scientific community. Well, that's for that's Gloucester my cheese award. rolling for very that's esoteric a, things. That's my yet, award. But we're in the middle of the off season. There aren't players that have popped off. There, are, I mean, unless you want to give it to like somebody for signing somewhere or something like that, then just pick an esoteric thing. This is the perfect um, time for it. That's a lot of pressure. Um, what have you been I thinking will... about recently, Bren? Just not that much, to be honest. My head's been quite empty. Bren, how often do you think about off. the Roman Empire? Never at all. I've heard that this is a thing. Apparently, men think about the Roman Empire almost daily, or at least once a week. <laughs> I don't think about Rome at all. Sometimes they pop up in my like field of interest, where I'm like, I'll learn about like roads, which I already knew about. Actually, I learned about the Roman Empire today. I learned about the way they built their cities. 
So you um, thought about the Roman Empire literally today. But that was only because it came across my sphere of influence. It just like, the, the, again, the stimuli that I have in my, in my hand with TikTok, I go up the feed and the stimuli gets inserted into my brain and not too much of it goes in. I just get, I just accept the thoughts that are in front of me. My entire personality and thought process gets dictated by the algorithm. Hmm. You give it to the algorithm. No. You give it to the TikTok cat videos. Ooh, yo, let's give it to... Every cat out there with a cute little round head. Every little cat, every cat out there with a cute little round head. The, the if you look at the British short hair kittens, they have they're so damn cute, man. They have the cutest little heads. The only thing I don't like about them is that they're purebred, so they have a lot of inherited like diseases that come with that. So, but but, but that's look all at, the look more reason kittens. to have an award. Oh, look at their little cute heads, though. This is just to all cats with cute little heads like that. Like I just love cats with round heads. Man, just like little round heads. And if you look at them when they're kittens as well, there is no thoughts behind their eyes at all. It's so f***ing relatable. <laughs> they, just, they are just like, they are just staring off into space, man. They're just happy to be here. Look at them. And the, eyes, the eyes are just going in two separate directions. It is so fucking cute. I'm going to give the Wise Weekly Awards to, the, to British short hair kittens, but most, but in particular, kittens with very round heads. So I don't want to give it specifically to the purebred breed because I don't really like that practice because it, it breeds unhealthy traits in the animals and it's quite cruel. <laughs> Cool. Any, that's very any, noble uh, thank you for that that's a great choice we're good yeah. we're good we can seal yep. it out we're all right okay let us know in the comments what your favorite cat breed is and and i was about to say something really out of pocket so i'm glad i didn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and uh let us know which team you want Aspas to go to as well we gave you many options we we've conflicting rumors and let us know how wrong we are and which team you you know he's going to be landing on because you have the insider source but uh until then thanks for watching it's episode 146 and we'll see you uh we'll see you next time we'll see you next time bye 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 bye, -bye.